Good morning, friends. It's Paul and Adrian coming at you for another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with Toxic Amigos and the three boys from the Migos. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No cap. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, there's actually a. Uh, I, I got a lot of things that I want to talk about off top today. I don't know if you got anything. No, my head is as empty as it could possibly be, as always. As can always. I, can I actually force you to start with something that's very much in frame for me? So I want to do Adrian's beer corner first because I'm looking at what looks like a very delicious amber ale uh or sour maybe it's kind of hard to tell it looks like it might have some fruit so it is fruity and i think you saw the label earlier of uh what looks like to be a very chad mango <laughs> uh, <laughs> a real stud of a mango uh it's uh jack rabbit's mango mo mosaic double ipa um so it's it's a slightly strong beer pretty fruity uh, a lot of mango on the nose uh let me take a quick sip what if, if it had a sl- while you take your sip, if it had a slightly darker color, it would be the color of a mango lassie. Just visual description for the audience. So that's actually wonderful. I was literally just about to say it's got like the thickness of a mango lassie too. Um, okay. So it's got like a lot of body to it. It's very mangoey. Uh, it pretty pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. It's not my favorite, and this isn't my favorite artwork from Jack Rabbit. Uh, I think mm. mango sometimes it's hard to get mango right in a beer. Um, yeah. And uh, I think for I sure. like mango better in a wheat beer than in an IPA. Um. But a uh, pretty good summary beer. Unlike last week, I think, and like the week before, where I've been bringing in like stouts and stuff for this 90 degree weather we got in California. Uh, a much more refreshing beer. Um, I think aesthetically, also, it's just a nice color. So you put it put it in a clear glass when you guys pick pick up your absolutely pick pack. Uh, yeah, the other one that I got was the um, I've had it before too. Uh, but the uh, peach pale ale, which whew, if we're talking about refreshing, man. That beer is uh, wonderful. A little lower alcohol, but like great for like if you're going on a picnic or something. If you want to have a good day and you're in Sacramento, go to Nash and Proper, get a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, pick up a four pack of the uh, peach pale ale from Jack Rabbit, and uh, if you go to the location that's right outside of T and R uh, Texas Barbecue, pick up their tater tots too. They're uh, pretty good. They're good. And don't get the don't get the crinkle cut fries from Nash and Proper. Get the tater tots while you're waiting for your sandwich from the barbecue place, uh, and that's a fucking great day question uh, is this the type of place where you can get like loaded tots can you get anything on top like chili or cheese or i think you almost certainly can but what i like is just the texas seasoned tater tots and if, if you get the regular tater tots okay, they okay. actually taste like um bojangles uh old hash browns i don't know if you've ever had the uh the original recipe no why would i possibly <laughs> know because you live in south carolina is. and you have access to bojangles and you should uh wake up feeling blessed every day because of it Nah, you know I was a Bowberry Biscuits boy. Oh, that makes sense. You are a little blueberry boy, a little blueberry boy. Yeah, that's me. So a couple things I want to talk about on, up front. Uh, Paul, I think you're expecting me to talk about a, a certain show uh, that we kind of talked about. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Drake and Josh. Uh, <laughs> uh, as part of uh, the research for this episode, I um, tried to watched the pilot episode of drake and josh which involves josh being the uh advice columnist for their high school newspaper um and so let me tell you dude a really it, it wasn't a good segment for this show because there's actually not really much in it about the advice column it's like a really weird plot that progresses in a really weird way weird to go back to shows from your childhood sometimes <laughs> live action comedy from uh from our childhood uh kind of bizarre <laughs> um i don't have a whole lot of notes other than um Drake is a pretty despicable human being. Uh, I think that's probably pretty obvious to anyone who, like, watched the show even as a kid. Um, But, like, part of it is, like, uh, Drake uses the advice column to, um, for a girl who uh, writes in saying that her boyfriend isn't romantic enough. And so he uses that information to go on a date with the girl. Uh, She comes over, he cooks, actually, he doesn't cook her dinner. He makes Josh cook them dinner because Josh can cook (laughs) and Drake can't. Uh, and so he blackmails him with the uh, knowledge that he's the advice columnist and that he has to wear a dress when he does the advice columns because he's uh, he writes as Miss Nancy's fancy uh, advice column or whatever. 
Um, so Wait, uh, he has to get into character? Why does he have to wear the dress? Just to get into the mindset? Yeah, that's part of the episode, yeah, is the, the fact that, like, he can't do it unless he has the uh, the dress on, and that's, like, the resolute, the conflict that gets resolved. Except for the way bigger conflict, which is, since the woman's in a relationship, or the girl, she's in high school, since the girl's in a relationship, uh, her boyfriend, like, interrupts the date with Drake while Drake is out of the room and thinks that Josh is the one who's uh, who she's cheating on him with. So he challenges Josh to a fight, and at no point does Drake try and set the record straight that it wasn't Josh. Instead, he just takes Josh to a karate gym for one day of learning how to fight. And then Josh gets his ass kicked by the dude, and that's the episode. That reminds me of when Hunter thought one Karav Maga class was going to change his life and make him a tough fighter, but... We actually got three free classes. Oh. And a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, but anyways yeah so the actual show that i'm sure you thought i would have to talk about uh i finally finished up dairy girls this week and uh holy shit what a good show yeah no uh absolutely incredible Rekka paul and adrian pick for the audience absolutely uh, watch dairy girls y'all it's on netflix who doesn't have netflix where are you living what are you doing if you don't have Netflix? and who doesn't have time to watch two six uh episode seasons like you're watching like 17 hours of the bachelorette or whatever every week like fucking take some time to watch some impeccably written comedy it is kind of hilarious i'm pretty sure watching all of dairy girls is the same as watching four episodes like of the bachelorette yeah like, <laughs> that's about the amount of like time it takes did you have any specific points because it's been a few weeks since i finished it so i'm trying to kind of gather my thoughts if there's anything to talk about from the episodes uh, uh the accents are the funniest part it's funny when people say things wrong and weird as irish people do the accents and the lingo are very fun we were talking about the uh the phrase cracker the other day um yeah versus the face phrase crack i love a good crack yeah uh i think the other thing that is interesting to me is that it's so well written that even the trite stuff is still good like the idea mm-hmm. of oh well i brought weed uh, scones to a funeral like that's such like a like played out bit but it's still funny because of the characters and like the interactions and the writing of the show like when yeah. uh when the girl says that they're funny scouts and orla's just like oh yeah they do look pretty hilarious don't they <laughs> <laughs> uh, um there's also like you kind of made fun of me when i pitched the show to you and said you should watch it but when i said it had like a lot of like the it's really rewatchable because there's so many jokes and they go by so fast yeah. that you'll catch things on the rewatch you you were you were making fun of the jokes per minute being very high but it really is like there's like a joke every second like the characters are like talking over each other and each one has a joke yeah yeah, like constantly um yeah so just really good characters super funny they interact with each other so well it's so well cast Um, all the characters are likable but not in like uh none of them are like manic pixie characters you know they're all likable but all super annoying and flawed but (laughs) Uh, and so my only issue is what I brought up with Paul like immediately upon the first episode is that it can play as if it's just the uh, director's playlist on his Spotify that he wants to, or that they want to. I put think out. it was directed by a woman. Yeah, that she wants to put out. But um, yeah. Amy McGee, I want to say actually, shout out to Amy McGee. Recreate more shows. Yeah, you're good at it for sure. Um, I. It is one of the things that's kind of a that's kind of a double-edged sword <laughs> that it's only two seasons and it is short which is nice because you get to see a full story play out but because it is a british show it might actually be finished so i don't know if they're making more or oh it's just delayed because of covid but they're uh season three they are or series three is planned yeah okay nice nice so uh something to look forward to in these days yeah um series three of of dairy girls paul um, are you a dairy girl I think, yeah, in spirit, that's kind of what season two gets at, that you don't have to necessarily be a girl or from Derry to be a Derry girl. You have to have a certain uh, Moxie. Of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moxie. And I think I, I think I embody that spirit. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you don't though. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm more of a London lad, not a Derry girl. <laughs> London lad, huh? What 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 part of uh what part of England has the most like uh problematic football lad culture? Oh. Where's the where's the place that, where's the place in Britain where they're most likely to riot? I don't actually know. I know in Italy it's definitely Lazio and Rome. Like notoriously, they're a team that's known to be supported by fascists in, in Italy. So <laughs> uh, I know that one for sure. Like their ultras are uh, really yeah. racist and really uh, pro-fascism. 
I don't know about the uh, culture in Italy. Um, Same with in, Ukraine. Uh, I think there's a in Ukraine there's football clubs that are pretty connected to fascists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which actually, so that's a good segue to the other thing I wanted to talk about. Another thing um, in terms of more media recs from Adrian and Paul. Today I stumbled upon a great YouTube series by Adam Richman, the guy who did Man vs. Food, which um, Adam Richman, one of those people that, like, his Hot Ones interview, like, really made me get who they are. Where, like, before I was like, oh, guy who eats a whole bunch of food on TV, cool. Uh, and then I was like, I watched his interview, and I was like, oh, he's a very smart, well-rounded person who has interesting things to say. So I've become a, a, a bigger fan of his, and um, he has a show on YouTube where he goes to different soccer stadiums, learns about the food culture of that city, and, like, on game day and then gets to watch a soccer game with, like, local people uh, in that stadium for the day. And it's one of those things where, like, I think oftentimes, like, food celebrity people kind of feel like they have the best job in the world, but, like, this specific thing of going to watch soccer and have locals, like, give you dope food, like, that's the dream right there. Like, that's <laughs> that's Adrian's dream job 100%, is just watch uh, soccer and eat good food. Damn, so not Adrian's Beer Corner. You're not looking for that spinoff show where you review beer. You want You want Adrian's soccer excursions yeah no i want to i want to go to to napoli and eat the pizza and then you know get to watch a napoli champions league game that's that's life ace adrian soccer excursions yeah um cnn travel network get in contact with us bourdain isn't coming back oh god <laughs> not anytime soon and adrian can fill his shoes not literally because adrian has very tiny adorable feet but like feet. metaphoric <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> adrian can fill bourdain's shoes yeah i feel like i lived about as much of a rich life as anthony bourdain <laughs> well okay get into heroin now so in two years <laughs> yeah. the show. i'll also be camera ready if i do about two years of heroin <laughs> i don't think i'm camera but... ready right now hopefully that doesn't feel uh too flippant i do love anthony bourdain r.i.p um, he was, I loved his show since I was like a little kid, uh, no reservations, was super fun. Much respect. Pour some out for Tony. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to make it clear to the audience that Adrian did not literally pour out any of his beer. Where am I supposed to pour it? <laughs> so Paul, a little story time from Adrian for today. I was going to pick up food from one of my favorite places, places in Davis. And it's, uh, one of those places where when you order takeout, the first thing you do is give them your phone number. And it's become a thing now where I give them my phone number and they're like, oh, order for Adrian? And uh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know if I like being uh, that much of a regular that they'd recognize my phone number. I know it could be that it's because I might be like the only person here with an 803 area code. Um, but it feels like they have my number like written down somewhere of like, oh, this is a this is a good number. This is going to be a good day if this person calls in. No, no, no. They have they know your number because they're like, it's a call in for Adrian. Everybody get ready for the circle jerk. <laughs> They have a spit line going as they all walk in a straight line <laughs> spitting in your dish. They immediately like start calling employees up. They're like, hey, I know you're off today, but can you come in? We just got a call from Adrian. <laughs> and uh, we need some more saliva in this thing. <laughs> all right. So uh, what, what do we got for today? Oh, wait. What's our topic for today? Should we riff on the topic at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, being condescending to your friends. Bad friendships. Toxic friendships. I think toxic friendships is a good one. Or maybe unbalanced friendships yeah 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 yeah. um yeah no i'll start from uh the point that i think mostly it's from people on facebook that i'm friends with who i went to high school with but i understand 100 percent that toxic relationships exist the way that it gets thrown around in like everyday conversations and like facebook posts it does make it hard for me to oftentimes take people seriously when they talk about when they post some like vague thing about like I'm tired of my toxic relationships. It's okay to cut people out of your life if they're toxic. Like, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to take some of those things seriously. Uh, oh, actually, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's been over. It's been the bar for what can be considered a toxic relationship, I think, has literally been lowered by the internet. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, I really don't have – I don't know if there's much in my life that I would describe in those terms at all. Like, I think uh, most of my no, friends No, my friends are, are chill yeah pretty pretty good um i can't think of anyone who's like <laughs> uh actually introducing any kind of like weird energy into my life i don't know i guess that's what toxicity refers to usually like people like gaslighting you and to believe in something about yourself or uh leading you down the wrong path or whatever i think i'm usually the friend that leads other people down the wrong path so um i don't know 
Yeah, yeah. I also don't think I've ever had a relationship I could describe as toxic, like yeah. friendship or romantic. It's just like, I don't know. What type of life are you leading where you're interacting with multiple toxic people? Like, I think it's a much you... more exciting life than ours, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, probably. <laughs> yeah, so toxic friendships. Also, I think I saw something on uh, online the other day that was like a 12-year-old who broke up with her middle school boyfriend posting about how the relationship had been toxic and it, I, it got like a lot of like uh shares because it was just people going like this is how much we've normalized these words that they just like it's just like it means like yeah. i didn't like the relationship and we've normalized it to the extent where i didn't like the relationship means you get to call it oh i was in a toxic relationship like no you weren't you're, you're you guys are like kids well yeah i mean i don't think it's like prime example to like put a kid on blast for that but well, okay, I'm not, like, saying her name, but, like, I just mean, like, it's th- they've entered our language to that, like, to that extent as just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. regular regular word to be used in regular time, where I think somebody described their relationship as toxic in 2008, you'd be like, oh, shit, like, they were abusive. Yeah, yeah, Now, it's like, somebody described their relationship as toxic, you're like, oh, man, they, uh, they never paid for dinner. No, I think it would be, if, like, I think if someone described someone as toxic now, I would be like, oh, he never took the time to memorize your starbucks order yeah and that was like clue number one that this wasn't working out um yeah no i mean i think it it parallels she posted too many minions memes it was such a toxic relationship (laughs) um it's one of those things where i don't know if i'm on the right side of this because it reminds me of the uh conversations we had about the word cringe where like i was very like staunchly against people using it just to mean like anything i don't like and now that's basically what it is, and you just accept that, and that's the new reality of what that word means. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe we're on the wrong side of history. Maybe uh, they'll become... Oh, I, I think we're always on the wrong side of history. I think that's we true. clearly are dinosaurs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know how much I want to complain about the word toxic and it losing all of its meaning, but maybe another word will pop up. And uh, I'm not sure it's losing all of its meaning. It's gaining a new meme meaning, and I just think it's interesting to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry, I got stuck trying to think of a Pokemon joke about toxic and uh, poison types, and there was nothing good. Mm, what what what's toxic types weak against? Uh, ground, right? And then what's the other one that they're? I mean, Adrian. Honestly, I think personally, if I was ever in a toxic type relationship, I would just use my ground type Pokemon, and I think that would be a good solution. <laughs> that's pretty good, but you can't use Earthquake against Crobat, so. Oh, but that's because they're a flying type. Oh, so don't get into a toxic relationship with a flying type <laughs> with a flying poison type. <laughs> flying poison type is the only type that I like. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, I think we're good to go into the articles, right? Hey, Adrian. I think I. Uh, yeah. Let's go into the first half. You mind if I? If I present my article to you. Uh, Everyone knows Paul is the alpha male of this podcast, so I think you should go first. Uh, Okay, let's just make it clear. Um, It's not because I have a massive ego that I'm the alpha male of this podcast. It's just because Adrian is such a beta. I always always told your mom she should stop just drinking soy by the bottle. (laughs) By the carton, my boy. (laughs) I don't know who's (laughs) serving soy in a bottle. Soy sauce? Oh, I thought you meant soy milk. I thought soy milk was clearly, like, the more effective means by which people got their soy intake. When you were being born? When your mom was pregnant? Soy milk wasn't a thing yet. Um, I don't think she was eating soy sauce either, my dude. <laughs> nah, your mom, your mom loved the Chinese place across from, uh, across from Bilo. <laughs> she was stealing buckets of crab legs. <laughs> that is not, dude, no, that is not what... And all their soy sauce. <laughs> I will not let you slander my mom like that. All right. I'm going to tell you a story, and it's going to give a new meaning to the term crabs in a bucket. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so Little China Buffet in Lexington, South Carolina. Wonderful place. Real dank food. Very Americanized Chinese. Uh, has a cute little buffet and a uh, little ice cream scoopy little station that's fun. And uh, a raw sushi and oyster bar as well. Uh, my mom was having a bunch of people over and like someone like an honor uncle said they were um, uh, having a hankering for crab legs. And my mom was like, oh, they serve crab legs at this uh, Chinese buffet. So I'll get takeout. Takeout works the way it works everywhere else for like a buffet. Like you pay by the pound. And so my mom went to the buffet um, and literally just filled out to go boxes with crab legs. 
And it's one of those things where the price is set such that they make money by you filling up your stuff with rice and uh, cheap uh, food. And so I think they lost money from my mom filling up the containers with crab legs. And so the next time we were there, they had a sign up that said crab legs are no longer part of our to-go buffet. <laughs> and so that was like, I, I don't know what it's like for a young person to realize that you have the power to change this world. But that was the first like glimpse of that that I ever got that I was like, my mom did something and caused effects in the world. <laughs> Her actions have ripples. <laughs> and that was the first time I realized that I had efficacy. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Crabs in a bucket. Isn't it so interesting that for you it was that, but like for for the for like a young for a young child of the Coke family, it's whenever he gets the maid fired for looking at him wrong. For, he uh, for planting money for her to steal that he just stole himself. <laughs> yeah. For for slipping his mom's ring into her into her jacket pocket when he realizes he could have power and affect this world. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah. So in case, all right, so I think we're ready for uh, this first article, Paul. Okay, so we are reading an article, and you know, you've been complaining lately, you've been all about on your men's right kick, that there aren't enough male uh, advice column writers, and Adrian's been going on long rants about this, and I'm like, Adrian, whoa, whoa, dude, like, I'm not all about this men's right stuff, but he is, I, guys, I don't know. It's like, men's liberation. Ask him about it. <laughs> I've been uh, making a lot of tweets with the clappy hands, saying more male <laughs> advice columnists. <laughs> um... So, out of respect for Adrian, I've uh, I've pulled up the New York Times social cue advice column, and it is uh, also just going to go ahead and throw out there: don't read the New York Crimes, um, don't support them, don't give them money, don't read them. Um, Did you cancel your subscription? No, I'm still paying. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell the audience, Adrian. God damn it! Okay, all right, we'll cut that too. But so yeah, uh, Philip Galen's 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 Philip Galen's uh as the uh male writer for the new york times social cue advice column and this is a question from december 7th 2017 and just to remind the audience we're talking about toxic relationships but more specifically me and adrian actually i think that's that was just an easy way for us to word the theme but it's really more specifically lopsided uh relationships with maybe like a kind of smug or condescending uh angle to them which is not as fun um, to talk about or riff about yeah that topic. doesn't really roll off the tongue yeah although i'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast do have experience with that because a lot of you are my friends and i'm incredibly smug and condescending so <laughs> sound off in the comments um all right so the question for philip galane galane's but not like not spelled like galane maxwell which is like g-h it's like g-a-l-a-n-e-s um so for philip galane's um is the question asked is my oldest friend and i are 17 We've known each other since preschool. Over the last year, I've watched her Instagram become pretty much dedicated to pictures of herself in push-up bras with blonder and blonder hair. It's gross! Exclamation point. As a guy... <laughs> uh, I love how a lot of times online people will say, like, as a black man or yeah, yeah. as, like, an Asian woman and you'll think they're clearly lying, but I'm pretty confident this is really a guy. <laughs> like, that, this is his minority cred. <laughs> as a guy, I'd like to tell her that her Insta's make her look stupid but my sister told me it's none of my business what do you think i know a lot of people hearing this and that's the end of the question signed anonymous i know a lot of people hearing this might be thinking wow what a dick but i would recommend we remember he's 17 which i don't know if that's young enough to be forgiven yeah. for being a, this level of dick but any thoughts adrian um okay so my thoughts uh yeah this guy kind of seems like a dick um the idea of hair becoming blonder and blonder it reminds me of uh, this game that they play on this improv podcast that I like where they say something, uh, the same phrase, and then one has to say it in a slightly higher voice and one has to say it in a slightly lower voice. And so it's one of those things where, like, how how blonde was she to start with and how how, how much blonder could she get? <laughs> what are the levels to this? Uh, once you get it to blonde, that's, that's kind of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, quick answer, uh, definitely none of his business. Uh but maybe he should tell her because I want the friend to know that this is what her friend is like and what he thinks. And I think that's good for her to know. Oh, okay. So you're saying the advice should be, yeah, yeah, tell her for sure so that she can yeah. so, so that she, she can has drop the, him. Uh, the right information to know that maybe she shouldn't have you as a friend. <laughs> My advice for this kid is he should 
prove to her that what she's doing is wrong by wearing a push-up bra and only posting on Instagram and making his hair blonder and blonder over time. Mm. And he should one-up her every time. His hair should always be blonder and his tits should always be juicier in the photos. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. <laughs> One thing that I wish that he had done is I wish he had given more context about what her Instagram used to be about. Because, mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the same thing as, like, the uh... – yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I, I don't um... – This guy is so clearly in the wrong, it's hard to, like, actually, like, yeah, give I any know, advice. Yeah. I, I guess in general we could talk about, like – I guess this is, like, relatively common for, like, uh guys with secret crushes on girls to not mm. slut shame them but to kind of uh yeah, yeah yeah to police their behavior it's kind of the it's kind of the uh what's that drake song what's the uh you've been going out less you've been wearing more um oh yeah yeah, yeah. you've been going out more been wearing less you've been going out more wearing less um what's that song that song is so shitty i have no idea drake sucks uh yeah no that's a good point i think this guy's probably in the friend zone and like he has this weird ideal of what she should be and yeah. he's mad that this is honestly uh just the other day i was thinking about the movie perfect blue and uh if you want like a a good uh horror movie about this kind of uh psychology highly highly recommend perfect blue mm, very cool um i'll probably watch that uh, who directed perfect blue uh satoshi Kon. he's the same guy who, he's the same guy who did paprika he, he he he's responsible for that spice dude i'm a big fan yeah hungarians love him <laughs> dude i've been a day one <laughs> um oh did i tell you i watched porco rosa the other day what a great movie oh uh, yeah i think really he's, he's uh, me about really it. underrated ghibli film hmm. not underrated in that i don't think anybody rates it poorly but really yeah, under discussed like, uh, you know what maybe it's just me but pixar kind of an underrated movie studio you know what i mean <laughs> Really under-discussed compared to the other films. I think it stands up there uh, with, with a lot of the... You think it's a spirited away level? Well, uh, sure, yeah. It's, it's a spirited away Howl's Moving Castle level. There's something really enjoyable about it. Something really uh, really beautiful about it. Um, Wait, it's about a red baron pig? Yes. That's dope. Um, And it's like one of those things that only happens in anime where it's like... They kind of casually explain the fact that he was cursed to be a pig, but he's the only person in the world who has that, but nobody seems to really care that much, but everybody does know about it. It's all it's about how he's really beautiful, but the the fascists aren't, uh, even though they look beautiful. Damn, that's deep. Good 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 message there, for these there, kids. There's one there's one scene in the movie where it's literally like I would rather be a pig than a fascist and it, it like Dude. literally it made me a little emotional. <laughs> Paul, honestly, can I say real quick, Porco Rossi's mood. Can I say that? <laughs> Dude, no, for real. Like you know how like Simpsons wave became a thing? I kind of yeah. wish people would reappropriate like Porco Rossi like stills and like make some aesthetic out of it. There's a lot of nice shit in that movie. I can actually see that being a really cool aesthetic, yeah. Um, but going back to talking about bad art, Hotline Bling by Drake. I sound like, <laughs> I love how sometimes I just sound like a lay wrong generation type person. I swear it's <laughs> not just like new versus old thing. Yeah, uh, I think I was born in the wrong generation, Drake. Uh, she used to hit me on my rotary phone. Am I right? <laughs> you up, but uh, smoke signals. <laughs> uh that was the drake song where everyone got on him for how bad his dancing was in the music video right uh yeah i think it was one of those things where it was like purposefully bad enough to be a meme mm. do you remember when trump uh, yeah that was, was the other thing i was gonna bring up yeah, yeah. <laughs> when trump remade that music video just what is with snl having donald trump on their show and then fucking everyone on that show just being the most like resistance type like liberal uh, for like the next four years God, I fucking hate the entirety of the SNL cast. Uh, yeah. Dude, mm, this is up there with, like, complaining about Charlemagne, but Pete Davidson, after that thing with, um, who was that, like, super, super xenophobic uh, senator with the one eye? Dan Crenshaw. Not... Yeah, dude. Yeah. Why would he when, ever apologize to that dude? When Dan, when, when Pete Davidson fucking bent over and showed his balls because he got a little bit of criticism for making fun of a literal xenophobic piece of shit yeah and that little bit of criticism he immediately like bowed to it and apologized and called den cranshaw a hero fuck off pete davidson fucking piece of shit like jesus christ and they gave him time on the show too like 
Just fucking dude, Jesus Christ. Dude. Like the like the smallest amount of criticism, and he got too scared. Like it just shows how fucking unearned all these people's like po- political aesthetics are. Like talk a big game, but like as soon as like maybe he was gonna be in a little bit of trouble, just bent over and showed his balls. Yeah. That being said, Kate McKinnon's RBG character is really funny. <laughs> 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 uh, she's a super talented person. Um. To kind of round back out to the article. Mm. So this kid is 17. Is 17 to me is pretty old. That's basically an adult. But, I mean, it's kind of been a big argument in our culture lately. Where do you stand on, like, uh, on whether, like, what age, and I guess it's probably, like, something where there's gradations, but at what age is it acceptable to have, like, certain types of problematic opinions or not to be, like, completely rounded out and mature? and all your activities and thoughts because yeah at 17 i wouldn't blame him for you know being rude to somebody or saying something mean because 17 year olds are uh are naturally going to make mistakes like that but this seems like i don't know how how do you feel about how age plays into whether or not you should be able to critique this or if it's uh uh yeah well i think it's 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 different right because it's not um this is my 17-year-old cousin, and he asked me this. This is someone who wrote into a public forum to get mm. advice. So there's two sides of it. One is that he is asking for advice and perspective, so that's admirable. That's commendable. But two is that he is putting this out in a public forum. Um, so I think it's open to critique. Yeah, 100%. If you're going to do this, then I, I should be— Why does a 17-year-old have a have a subscription to the New York Times? <laughs> He's just woke like that, dude. Interesting. <laughs> uh yeah so to me that's kind of the the point of it is like um it's kind of like uh the whole point of will smith defending jaden smith by being like if i had a twitter when i was 12 you'd also hear a bunch of stupid shit from me like i'm so glad that i kind of missed the part where like people were saving and screenshotting tweets to make memes out of them or to like (laughs) uh let people uh remember how dumb you were when you were a kid although again this dude's 17 not a kid um so I, I don't know, man. I think if this is a thought that he has that he tries to work through himself, I don't blame any 17-year-old for that. The fact that he's probably, as I think everybody is when they write to an advice column, trying to get confirmation that he's right uh, kind of makes him a bit of a dick and is a little bit less sympathi- uh, sympathetic for me. Any last points, Adrian? Any last points? Um, let's see. Just go ahead and confess your love for her. and. Uh, mm. Tell her, that uh, really should be the advice. That's, clearly, you wouldn't feel like who cares if a rando is. He mentioned if his like friend uh, who was a guy got really into CrossFit and he was just like, I, my friend is he's posting a lot of thirst pics now about him and his tank top. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, just uh, you know, try and uh, pull yourself from your bootstraps out of the friend zone and see what can happen for you, my dude. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. Um, okay, so Philip Gillane's answers this question with well i don't agree with your sister but i also don't think you should speak with your friend until we tinker with your attitude i get that it's disconcerting to watch your smart multi-dimensional friend turn herself into a selfie sex object but have you considered that she may feel pressure parentheses from boys and other girls parentheses over to present herself as a barbie doll she may also be enjoying her newfound sexiness so if you speak with her do it to learn what she's thinking not to render judgment as a woman, she already gets plenty of that. Suggested soundtrack from your birth year. Madonna's How It Feels Like for a Girl. That's advice. Should we listen to the song? Do we need to listen to the song to get the advice? God, this guy is the Dairy Girls of advice columns. Everything has to be about him getting his songs out. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we may do that a little bit on this podcast. So I don't, like, you know, glass houses, throwing stones, all that. Is always uh, great. That's what that expression is. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's let's listen to this track. <laughs> oh, also, while we're, while we're having a little break while you look that up, um, apologies to my dad. Uh, Blondie has some bops. Like, I was, I mean, is it better than Running Dirty? We can discuss that and debate that in, you know, the form of uh, the marketplace of ideas. But um, Blondie's got some hits, dude. You know, they, uh, they got some bops. Adrian, do you want to read, do you want to read the, instead of, let's not search this Madonna thing, I'm already over this stupid advice. Instead of doing that, do you want to read the lyrics of Riding Dirty in your best Ben Shapiro impression condescension (laughs) voice? (laughs) Oh god, uh, I've never been a good Shapiro impersonator, but yeah, I'll give it a shot. 
Oh, you don't have to sound like Shapiro. I mean, just like it's always funny to read lyrics like deadpan, and yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you're yeah. you're judging them incondescendingly. <laughs> so, this is this is what the liberals are about today. That uh, the glorification in hip hop music to the young people in society who look up, frankly, to these people. I mean, they're not looking up to Einstein. They're not looking up to uh, uh, Jordan Peterson. This this is who they look up to. This is the people that they want to be. Uh, this is the people who they have the posters of in their room. And so this is by uh, Chamillion Ch- uh, and it's, it's called Raiden. And uh, frankly, I think the words speak for themselves. They, they see me rolling, okay? Um, and I don't know if that's a joint. Uh, I, I don't know if that's uh, some kind of uh, wheelbarrow because he's working on his garden. Uh, frankly, I don't know. I, I need more evidence. I need to gather more ideas. So they, they hate him. Um, okay. So we've established, uh, let's say, let, let's say they see him rolling and that they are actually hating. Let's, let's see what he has to say about this then. Patrolling and trying to catch me right and dirty. Now, if they are patrolling his area disproportionately, I think it's probably because disproportionately he is in an area, uh, where more things are happening. So that's probably why people are patrolling and trying to catch him writing dirty so let's see what he has to say about this and let's see if he owns up to whether or not he is writing dirty trying to catch me writing dirty trying to catch me writing dirty and and so forth it goes on uh my music's so loud i'm swinging and i'll let you know guys i don't think this is 1920s music that he's listening to i don't think he's swinging in a good way uh this is not wholesome swinging they hope that they're gonna catch me Riding dirty. Trying to catch me riding dirty. Trying to catch me riding dirty. This is why I say that hip-hop isn't real music, okay? Uh, <laughs> if you can say the same line four times in a row, uh, then you're not a good writer, uh, Mr. Chaman and Leader. Uh, okay, police think that they can see me lean. I'm sure they can. I think police are fully capable to see you lean. And if you're going to lean, you better pay the consequences. Uh, they don't want you to say that, but I'll, I'm willing to say that. I'm tint, so it ain't easy to be seen. Okay, I think he's talking about windows here. When you see me ride <laughs> by, they can see the gleam and my shine on the deck and the TV screen. Okay, so he has television. Good for him. Ride with a new chick. She like hold up. Next to the PlayStation controller is a full clip and my pistola. <laughs> I think we've established now that he's in a tinted car that not only has a TV, but a new chick. Apparently he's not faithful to the old one. He has a PlayStation. <laughs> is there a, is it just the controller or does he have an actual PlayStation hooked up to the TV in his car? And if so, is that legal? Is that not going to distract him when he is writing? And if so, they are well within their rights to patrol this area and stop him. And I don't know what a pistola is. And frankly, I don't want to know. But this is, this is what the left wants you to believe is totally normal behavior. Adrian, uh, actually, the fact that you don't know what pistola means is probably good because you would have had to gone with P-word. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, but that was really fun. You were surprisingly good at that bit I made up <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, it's exhausting. I'm honestly, like, tired now. <laughs> okay, so what I've got for us today, we're going back to the cut. Um but luckily not back to Ask Polly. Um, God bless. This is uh, Dear Therapist. And so this is Lori, uh, Lori Gottlieb. I actually didn't look into her, so I don't know like what her actual credentials are. Uh, I don't know if she's as apologetic about Dr. Nerd Love about not actually being a therapist or not, but I think she actually is a therapist. That's what I was going to ask. Is, is, is she medical or not? But... I'm pretty sure she is, yeah. Um, so this is titled, I feel bad because my friends aren't attractive um oh god me too i know right (laughs) (laughs) so let's get into the question unless you have any thoughts on top about the title or anything no that's that's already funny though all right dear therapist please bear with me as i try to give some context for what is going to sound very unpleasant i am a reasonably attractive woman in her early 30s i have a long-term doting partner and we are extremely happy in our relationship I'm part of a female friendship group that would typically be considered very attractive, slim, and fit. Most of us have long-term partners, and when we go out, most of us are never short of propositions from male suitors. My problem is this. Yeah, 1920s woman. Propositions from male suitors, not people are buying us drinks. 
guys are buying us drinks. Dudes are trying to give me the D. The problem is, I have two friends who would not be described as conventionally attractive. They are both longing for a partner and a family, and as we all get further, as we all get farther into our thirties, this is becoming increasingly problematic. All I want is for them to be happy, and it makes me so sad to see such wonderful people being constantly rejected and humiliated in the dating scene. It almost seems perfectly it almost seems particularly unfair to me that so many of our mutual friends are objectively beautiful women and receive what is almost an embarrassing amount of attention from men. <laughs> The comparison is drawn, and it's obvious what the point is for these two lovely ladies. I have done my best to listen and be empathetic. I encourage them to find hobbies and ways to meet men outside of our social circle. But they are both at a point where now I would say that they are suffering from some level of depression. I am constantly begging them to seek the help of a therapist so they can learn to love themselves despite the fact that they're such uggos. Oh wait, sorry, hold on, I misheard that. Uh, so they can learn to love themselves despite the fact that much of the male society thinks they are not worth love. Holy shit, that's worse than what I said. Um, <laughs> despite the fact that much of the ma much of male society thinks that they are not worth loving. Uh, but they ask me what, they, what use that could possibly be when what they truly want is a partner and a family. I'm stuck. I've repeated the same encouragement so many times that I have nothing left to say. I'm widely considered to be an honest friend, sometimes even brutally so. I want to support my friend through the difficulty of what they are experiencing, but I often find myself saying something flippant in order to avoid the reality of the situation. I want to know how I can help these two lovely, worthwhile women. I'm tired of seeing them suffer, and I want help. I want to help them help themselves. I hope it doesn't sound heartless when I say that they are not pretty, but I think their success rate in the dating world speaks for itself. They often can't get past a first date. Please help. Sincerely, desperate to help. <laughs> Um, can you imagine writing that and not like just like at some point like she even acknowledges it at the end like maybe i sound mean but she didn't actually go back like no she did the same thing everybody does where she was like uh i'm considered too honest a little bit sometimes i'm kind of a bad bitch so when i do stuff that seems problematic it's kind of just because i'm a girl boss jesus like that is so hilarious that the person who writes this thinks her friends have a problem and not her um i think the weird thing to me is that they can't get past the first date. If they're already on the first date, then the looks aren't the issue, right? Unless they're going on blind dates. Mm. But anyways, we're not going to, like, that might be a throwaway line. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. This is a, um, why doesn't she just offer them her husband? Yeah, I think she should do, and this is actually throwback to the uh, real fans, to, I think, like, uh, early episode advice from Adrian, maybe even episode one. I don't remember. But I think she should dress up as um, as a man, create a fake Tinder, and <laughs> that was episode one, yeah. And help them gain some confidence by like taking them on this like crazy wonderful like uh, like two week bender of a relationship with just like she should catfish them. Yeah, yeah. I think she should like help them fall in love, get laid, have a magical weekend with a man, all her dressed up. <laughs> all her dressed up in, in a mustache <laughs> and, uh, uh, so I think, I think then they'll be ready one thing that interests me is the idea that she says they should find other hobbies to meet men aside from like us going out together so she clearly thinks that the issue is that not only are they ugly but they're so ugly in comparison to her other friends and they look so bad in comparison <laughs> to how good their uh, rest of their friend group looks that that's what's bringing them down like, also, how is that gonna help at a bar? You're at a bar, like you're like they're, what are they gonna get into hacky sacking so they can do it like while they're at the bar? <laughs> like, <laughs> like at the bar, I'm sorry to tell you, it is like the first walk up is about the <laughs> is about the period. So like, no amount of hobbies is gonna affect your walk up rate. <laughs> to me, it seems like have you heard of like the like the cheerleader effect and like all those like girl group ideas where it's like. Uh... A group of semi-attractive women who are all together appear more attractive as like a uh, an emergent property of their group mm. function. Uh, to me, this seems like one of those things where like the advice would be, well, then they just need to find a friend group of uglier women who make them look better when they go out, mm. and uh, that's the advice that she would give to them. <laughs> that I'm surprised she didn't give is like, hey, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe find some women who are even less worthy of love for men <laughs> and uh, hang around them. I think she needs to watch the movie Shrek. Hmm. And learn a thing or two about inner beauty and curses are her friends curse another question she could be asking but no yeah and uh 
I don't want to get too anti-question asker here, but she does talk about this as if simply having a husband and having children with that husband is like the goal. Or if she's hot. Well, without really thinking about, like, she doesn't actually mention whether or not her and her husband actually have a good relationship or anything. Like, it's literally <laughs> just like, true. all my attractive friends have someone who is willing to marry them and have kids with them, but it says nothing about the quality of that actual relationship. It's one of those things where, like, oftentimes I, I see people who are in relationships and I think, like, oh, wow, like, you know what? I don't feel that bad about being single right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, I'm, it's like, that's a whole dimension missing from this question. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I have advice for her or advice for the friends, to be honest. With the friends, it's like you need to know more to know what to actually give their advice. And that I would need to know what they think their problem is in dating. Do they think that? Do they think that like people are ghosting them and they just can't figure out why? Do they feel like oh I'm going on a lot of dates and the guys like me, but I'm ghosting them or not like you know I'm not interested because I'm just not finding somebody who I think is a match for me. In which case the advice is different, right? Because in that case it's you know maybe maybe learn that love is something that develops over time and you're not going to feel it based on just having this right perfect set of intersecting interests yeah yeah but if it's the fact that you're getting ghosted every time maybe the maybe the question writer's uh assumption is correct and hobbies or something like that would help um you maybe you need to cultivate a more interesting personality if you're constantly i wonder uh, if there's also a difference in what the issue is for the two friends yeah, yeah, and that could totally be possible too. In fact, it's most likely possible that her two single friends don't have the exact same dating issues. Yeah. And she didn't even mention. Well, she said they both are sad about it, so they do want to find a long term. That could also just be projection. Yeah, maybe maybe they are happy being single, and she's projecting. There's so much going on in yeah, this. There's, there's no so much where you could, could very easily see this woman being the kind of person who's like, "Well, if they're not married, they must be sad about it." <laughs> Yeah, and without enough information about her friends, it's clearly, like, no advice to give other than keep encouraging them to get out there if it seems like that's what they actually, like, if they if a long-term relationship is what they want. No, that's um, dumb advice, Paul. There's a better advice here. They're in their 30s already. Find, a, find someone from your childhood. Make a little marriage pact uh make it not too far off like if by the time we're 40 we're not neither by of us the are time adrian by the time we're in one year if neither of us are married me and you get married <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you should you should do that did you just accept my proposal live on big fact no cap <laughs> i most certainly did not that's <laughs> <laughs> legally binding me and adrian are getting married y'all <laughs> And now it's a movie where Adrian has to try and get someone else to marry him within the year. Otherwise, he has to be married to Paul. <laughs> I get half your bees. This has been I, a big scam. I have so many bees, though. <laughs> I now pronounce you Paul and Adrian. Um, oh, yeah. We're just doing this so that... Everyone assumes supported. that we're both just trying to get each other a green card. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. So I don't know. But man. yeah, this lady, this lady, right? The tone is rude. I don't know if I'm that mad at her. I think it seems kind of well-meaning whether or not she's really getting all the facts straight, whether or not she's a reliable narrator is my biggest issue. Not that I think she's an outwardly malicious person. Yeah. I don't know if she's outwardly malicious. So that was probably too harsh, but she does seem like just the tone of it. You're like, Oh, this person's not a very nice person. I feel like like, like I said earlier about, like, I think I don't have a lot of toxic. I've never really had a relationship or a friendship I could consider toxic because I think I have a pretty good vibe. I could tell that I would not be friends with this person because I would immediately get the vibe of somebody said something like this to me that, like, oh, I should not, like, be closer to you. I mean, not only that, but, like, can you imagine finding this article and realizing that she's talking about you? To know that your yeah. friend pities you in this way is, like, such a such a lame thing to find out. Or sorry to say lame such a shitty thing to find out yeah i don't know anything else you want to say about this one nah all right cool okay paul so i, th I think we can wrap that one up i think uh uh lori did an excellent job uh definitely a seal of approval from us definitely had more insightful stuff to say than we did about that one uh let's get some yucks in here paul let's uh let's bring in some of the yuckarunos um so we're talking about friendships we're talking about toxic friendships and Adrian, I think me and you have a pretty healthy friendship, but like sometimes you don't know with these things, right? Because there's all these things about like gaslighting and there's all these things about, you know, 
yeah, gaslamping and like just people's false sense of their own self, false sense of their own lives and their own self. So I just, I really wanted to make sure our relationship wasn't toxic. So I've pulled from reachout.com a quiz called how healthy is your friendship group so i was hoping me and you could take it it's it'll be you know it'll be about me and you it'll be kind of about the people we were friends with in high school who aren't really our friendship group anymore um all right cool yeah let's let's take this quiz this sounds fun so how healthy is your friendship group reachout.com okay question one all of these also come with a little funny gif of a tv show about friends uh so the first gif was uh like the tv show friends and the this first question has uh as Parks and Rec, uh, Chris Traeger and uh, Ben Wyatt. Yeah. Really yeah. quick, uh, there is a little header to this. So friendships can be awesome, but also tricky sometimes. Use this quiz to think about your friendship group and learn how you can be the best friend that you can be. I also really quickly want to comment on, we talked a couple episodes ago about email signatures. The practice of in friendly emails from like one grad student to another of putting in a bunch of gifts from like your favorite office episodes or whatever. Ugh. Jesus Obnoxious. Christ. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, like, I know some of your friends listen quicker. to this. So if you're, if you go to Davis with Adrian and nobody in my office does this because I work an adult job for adults, not a baby job, like at a <laughs> university doing research. I'm a boss baby. <laughs> I don't work a stupid baby job for babies. Um, yeah. Don't do that. What's wrong with you guys? Yeah, I know. 100% dude. No, no, <laughs> It's somehow it it's been it's lower than puns for comedy. <laughs> Reaction uh, gifts and like little gifts about how hey let's have a get together this Friday, and then you know someone from the office being like yeah like Jesus Christ dude we're adults even me and my baby job we're adults guys like <laughs> Jesus Christ like <laughs> you play with goddamn bees at your job and that it's <laughs> this is still too low of content yeah I don't know like I, I you know what. 100% I'm wrong and don't actually change the way you yeah. do things for me, but, like, <laughs> but just let me know. I'm, I'm going to let you know how I feel about it, which is that it is very dumb, and I find it incredibly off-putting. In case people didn't realize, I'm also always wrong about everything. Let me make that very clear. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Question one. Do you and your friends respect each other's choices? Question mark. Yeah, I'm pro-Paul choice. Um. So, okay, so... Answer one, yes and no. We'll stick by each other, but speak up if we think something is bad for someone. Yes, we trust that everyone knows what's best for themselves. Sometimes we're pretty chill about that stuff. If someone is making a bad choice, it's pretty frustrating, but at the end of the day, they're still our mate. Mm. I don't know. Um, I think, yes, we trust everyone knows. I, I, I trust you enough to be an adult. I've never really felt the need to tell you how to lead your life, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, I think the same way for me to you. Like, I think... um. Yeah, like, it kind of reminds me of, uh, there was a friend I had who got into this relationship where, like, other people were talking about it and being like, I don't know, I just kind of worry about whether or not he's, like, getting into a bad relationship. And I was like, I don't know, I think I trust him to make the right decisions, and he's not a dumb person, so, like, I think he's probably fine. And that was kind of my attitude towards it. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good answer for number one. I think we both agree on that. I I can't think of a time where... I thought, yeah. like, I need to have a talk with Paul about what he's doing with his life right now. <laughs> so, um, I trust that you know what you're doing. Do you and your friends keep the secrets that you tell each other? Yes, but sometimes we'll chat about them to get another opinion. There are too many secrets to keep, and it's all above board. Most of the time, we'll only share a friend's secret if they think, if we think they or someone around them is at risk. Sometimes it doesn't hurt to tell a few people. I don't think I tell you my secrets. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't really tell you any of my secrets. Um, and anyways, I don't have secrets. I don't have secrets. There's also Paul and Adrian confidentiality, which uh, mm. by law we, we are not allowed to say anything unless I think Paul's going to be a danger to himself or others. <laughs> also, yeah, I, 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 I guess if you did tell me, I guess maybe you do tell me secrets. They just don't seem like secrets because we just. Like, they're say, so casual. Another, like, another thing about this is it's another example of how we're boring is that Paul and Adrian don't have secrets. <laughs> yeah. Like Paul has never run over somebody accidentally and had to call me to be like, what the fuck do I do? Um, yeah, yeah. There was that time Adrian actually ran over a bunny and did call me to ask what he should do driving home from my place in high school. But I don't think that was a secret. I think you were just sad because you ran over a bunny. Yeah. Is that uh, true? Yeah. <laughs> When did I run over a rabbit? Uh, you were driving home from my place at night. 
Yeah, so I don't know if any of these answers are relevant. Uh, there aren't too many secrets to keep, and it's all above board. Yeah, I, actually, no, I think that's perfect, yeah. Have you and your friends ever talked about another friend behind their back? Ooh, all the yeah, time. we have. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, constantly, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, now we have an option to make it public as well. <laughs> but yeah, you guys see how we talk to each other. Like, yeah, this is... Uh, constant bitching about other people <laughs> okay let's see the first question rarely nope not that one um we we'd never think of doing that nope not that one nope there's nothing bad we can say why are they all the same answer <laughs> the last one is sometimes none of them are like hell yeah all the time yeah, I guess we gotta go with <laughs> sometimes oh. but only if we thought the other person thought the same thing or we wanted their opinion <laughs> for those of you keeping score at home the last uh gif was a Jesus and uh, marrow gif and this one is a um jimmy fallon gif uh yeah, I think that's the only one that even remotely applies to how much shit Paul and I talk behind people's back. If you're at a party for, if you're at a party with your friends, what are you doing? Wingmaning my friends or helping someone fend off unwanted attention? Making sure we all get home safe and looking after randoms? Hell no, fuck randoms. Mm. Uh, probably in the middle of a D and M, usually with a mate, but it could be someone I just met. D and M, deep and meaningful conversation. Give me everything you got. For that deep and meaningful conversation yeah I, I i i i get i get pretty melancholy when i'm drunk out on a porch yeah oh yeah definitely on a porch if uh, you put paul I'm... on a porch it's kind of like if you give a mouse a cookie if you put paul on a porch you'll get a deep conversation that's also melancholy <laughs> <laughs> i'm the life of a party off moving from group to group and meeting new people um oh, yeah. yeah no not that one uh i don't know none of these really um I'm oh, definitely no. not looking after randoms, and I'm definitely not the life of the party, so I guess wingmaning a friend or in the middle of a D&M. Uh, I would say almost certainly it's the deep and, meaning, deep and meaningful. Yeah, it makes me sound really boring, but I guess that's that. We've already established in this episode that we're boring people, Paul. <laughs> um, oh, what was the gif? I forgot. Do you want to go back? Because... It was a girl who like was really excited and like slammed her birthday cake down. And this one for this next question is sad rain on Adventure Time, boys. Okay, the question is, if someone complains to you and your friends about their day, how do you respond? We'd be for, there for them and listen now. We'd ask them about details and get riled up with them. Yeah, I actually like getting riled up with people. I like getting hype. I think um, I like the, the other option better. Of we'd suggest doing something fun to make their day better. We'd, oh, yeah, that too. And the middle one is we tell them how, we'd, uh, how we would have responded to their problems so they know what to do next time. Actively no, not. I know that that's a shitty thing to do is to like try and give advice every time someone just wants to vent. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you're you're going number four. I, I think I'm a number two. I like getting hype. If somebody's telling me about a teacher they don't like, I'm like, fuck that teacher. They sound like an asshole. Yeah, you are a number two, Paul. <laughs> so, but number two or four, I'll go with your gut. No, no, no. I think you should do that one. Yeah. I'm also taking the quiz, so I'm also putting in my answers. Oh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Have, have any other than that one been different? No. No. Okay. It's a real hive uh, mind on this podcast. <laughs> Are you and your mates there for each other when things get tough? And the gift for this one is, I'm not sure, some sort of NBC show? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, it looks like show. a medical. Yeah, it looks yeah. like some sort of medical drama. Um, So I'm going to... Oh, oh, it's that... Uh, I see on the, on the bottom left, it's that show, Something Amsterdam, about... I think that's a show about the special ed doctor, about the... Uh, oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, it's like another house thing but uh yeah uh, he he's like he he's he's good this time he's nice okay are you and your mates there for each other when things get tough yes we're there every step of the way probably too much even if it means we get less time for ourselves here and there when life doesn't get in the way yes we help each other get through life's crap uh probably a mix of all of these i guess uh, i think, like, I, think yes, I yeah help each other get through life's crap yeah sure that, that sounds yeah. good to me uh, have you? This one is another Parks and Rec one. I don't like that they've used two, and it's uh, Donna saying, "Excuse me." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you and your friends ever done or said any something to defend a friend when they weren't there? <laughs> Rarely. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but we speak up when it goes too far. Sometimes, if we think the comments about them aren't cool, usually when uh, what we want them to be fair and see the other po- person's point of view. Yep, no one talks crap about our friends in front of us. Sometimes, I guess. <laughs> 
Well, can you think of an example where you've had to uh, stop somebody from talking shit about me? Oh, Lord. Uh, made fun of you and Hunter one time. Um, after uh, she didn't get that when you and Hunter did a video. And... Oh, yeah, that was great. That was a great video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hunter and Adrian did a video for Space Club in high school where they did a joke about touching tips. Oh, but I remember specifically at the lunch table was talking about how crazy it was that you guys didn't know what touching tips was or like that it was so embarrassing you added that in there because it's like a sex thing and i was like no they explicitly put that in the video they put out to the school <laughs> yeah. to make a joke <laughs> about penises <laughs> like they, they said the word touching tips and they touched their like helmets because that was hilarious <laughs> so like i should give more she thought she was like in on something that you guys weren't in on like you guys had made a mistake and embarrassed yourselves <laughs> no i think she was right though when we did the joke about double penetration that uh, hunter and i had no idea what that meant um no so to, for the context of the story because i think it's actually a pretty epic story there's a little bit of background to it one was um hunter ran for class president or like school president mm. is that what they called it back then school president yeah. feels like you have too much power i think it's class president right <laughs> Uh, De uh, Fuhrer? I think it was class Fuhrer, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, so Hunter had run for president. He got to like the finals or whatever you call it. And um, for his speech, they censored him because it was a whole bunch of weed puns. Um, where his whole speech was like, let me be blunt. This is going to be a joint effort for us or whatever. And so after that experience, he had had he had known what it's like to work with the censorship of the school. And so we were doing a, a video for the morning announcements for our, uh, our science communication club, uh, Students Preparing a Changing Earth Space. Um, and the bit of it was that we were using a green screen at his mom's office to film a video where Hunter and I go to space. And so we had bought these uh, space helmets that we were wearing with like this pointy little top and like a little red ring around it. And at one point when we're trying to go to space, uh, we realized that we can't get back down because we're out of power. So Hunter and I have to touch our tips in order to re-energize our, uh, <laughs> our fuel source or whatever. And so we were able to get that in and pass the censorship of the school. And I actually vividly remember one of my teachers telling me how funny they thought it was. Um, <laughs> and it was, a, it was a pretty fun moment for high school Adrian. Uh, and lastly, do you think you and your mates are good to each other? Yes. Uh, sometimes we are always down for a good time, but we could be there for each other more. We do the best we can for each other, but there's always something to improve on. Yes, we know everything about each other. Yes, we guide each other through life. I think this all these questions, my problem with the answering them is they all sound so dramatic. Like, uh, surely if you had a big problem, I would be there for you, Adrian. But, like, yeah. I just, like, how many situations have you had where I needed to bail you out? Oh. Just that couple of times that I went to jail. <laughs> um, I, I would go with yes, just because I feel like I would, I would help you out if you were in a pinch. But there's two, and they're very, both are very strong. Well, the last one, yeah. <laughs> I know I don't guide you through life, but it's it feels more appropriate than I could be doing more because I don't really think I could be doing more for you. No offense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with we do the best we can do for each other. I, I don't know. Yeah, there really isn't anything to improve on. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. You, you I, I kind of think that you are my guide through life, Paul. Yep, same. Yeah, all right uh okay did we get the same answer because i got an answer from brooklyn 99 brooklyn 99 and it says you are the friends and the fixers yep okay all right let's read this out you and your mates are all action and forever on the go you'll always get stuff going and seem to have answers for everything you love that about each other and other people really look up to you <laughs> what? very true they get the ethos of this podcast um it can be tricky not to get frustrated though when you see your friends making mistakes it's even more frustrating when you give them advice they've asked for and then try to and then they do the exact opposite saying hello going back to your ex for a fourth time question mark exclamation point yeah adrian why are you going back to your ex a fourth time paul we all know that my life isn't that interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you're a clean break boy um, <laughs> yeah things to think about Everyone has to learn from their own mistakes, but be a bit more empathetic to what your friends need and try not to judge their choices. Read about how you can be a better communicator. It's likely that you're in a few friendship groups and each one is different. Remember that everyone has their own unique strengths and personal quirks and everyone has room to grow. Thinking about whether you could be a better friend will help you to strengthen your friendship. All right, we got a big facts and then close out. Big facts, no cap. So my no cap 
uh, is what Paul said earlier in the episode, which is if you don't like what your friends are doing and posting online, do that trendy TikTok thing where like dads redo their daughter's TikToks and uh, show how weird it would be if like an old man was doing the things that they were doing um, and to show how absurd and weird they are. And uh, I think mockery is the best way to get points across. That's why we're a comedy podcast. And uh, that's my no cap. And my big fact is, before you write into an advice column, just take a second to uh, to check with yourself whether or not really the problem is with you and your attitude. Because uh, this is something I'm learning, apparently, and I guess it's uh, is made obvious as well by things like, am I the asshole on Reddit or legal advice on Reddit? A lot of people really, like, they their first move is to go to the internet to ask for advice on how to deal with other people when very much it's like, no, you need to deal with yourself and your... <laughs> your attitude at issue so um if you think you're having an interpersonal problem and your first instinct is that the other person's in the wrong maybe just uh just just do a quick survey on how you would feel if like the situation was flipped anyway uh as always adrian it's been it's been more than delightful it's been a grand old time it's been it's been Oh, I thought you were, were, were you not going to finish that? Were you ad-libbing? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's another comedy bang-bang bit. <laughs> 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 I gotta stop referencing other podcasts on this show.